You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, the podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. This is Sammy Kennel. And I'm Dory Berenstein. And you're listening to Theater Geeks Anonymous. <laughs> all right. Well, here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh that's my cue. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what's up theater geeks what is up oh i hope you all actually oh, answer us back when we well, do we, that i hope we you do a lot of room that time yeah <laughs> i i think well okay we're gonna get a little bit serious just for a second okay. yeah <laughs> and forgive me because i will start crying yeah um a couple of episodes ago i think i mentioned that i had gotten a new dog <laughs> Up squeak. Yeah. And that was four weeks ago. I lost him tragically last night. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. It's okay. So sorry. So, this has been a really rough day. So I am not going to be a part of this interview today because I can't guarantee that I'm not just gonna start bawling at any second. Yeah. But I did want to be a part of this intro because it is exciting that we're talking to these two women today. Yeah. An interview about a new work. And also kind of about old works. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, and it's exciting. So I just wanted to like put that out there for everybody. I know that I'm getting tons of support from the people that I, that I know in real life and in the people that are listening to our podcast that support yeah. us. I know that I'm, I'm feeling support from you guys too. So, but I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm currently holding another support puppy. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. so there, yes. But uh, Ebony, I'm going to pass it on to you and I'm okay. going to bow out. But ladies, it was such a pleasure chatting with you for even just a few minutes. And uh, so sorry. And, and oh, no, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we haven't mentioned anything. Ebony will mention it right now. Yeah. I did watch the uh, documentary that you guys produced and directed called The Show Must Go On. Yeah. Available on Apple TV. I rented it because it was definitely worth every penny yes. that I bought it for. Um, it's a very good documentary following Phantom and Cats in Asia during the height of the pandemic. It's just, and it was really astounding to watch. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> 
And I'm going to head out now. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Sammy and Dory, if first you two would start by just introducing yourselves and what you did on the project, please. Uh, so I'm I'm Sammy Canald. I'm a, a theater and film uh, director, uh, and on this particular project, I um, uh, co-directed and uh, co-produced. Uh, I'm very excited to be here today. Very sorry um, for for Pamela, and um, um, but looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, this. very excited to to speak with you and Dory. well i'm a big theater geek anonymous fan (laughs) of course and ebony a giant fan of yours um i uh i on this on this wonderful uh uh adventure this this project um i was basically sammy's second uh that's not true and producer and um uh and when uh, you know when i'm not uh, involved in documentary films. I'm a Broadway producer and uh, and uh, in the podcast world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anybody is listening to this podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network app, then you should know that like Dory is our big cheese. If you don't know that, then I don't know what to tell you, but figure it out. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited. So I was telling Sammy, uh, Dory, before you popped on that, I watched this last night with my roommate, who's a former actor, and she was just weeping. We just found the story so moving. You know, when you you have those uh, first shots, those first like drone shots of just like the empty streets on March 13th, 2020. And I mean, you're just immediately sort of catapulted back to that moment of when things began to shut down. Um, And then throughout the course of the documentary, I was like, how did they even do this? Because it feels like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like one of the first like films that was made during the pandemic Am I wrong? So- yeah, yeah, no, we, you know, it was, um, uh, the world had shut down, you know, nothing yeah. was going on and, and our industry was completely decimated. And um, Sammy, you know, had the idea to when, and she'll take you through it when she heard mm-hmm. that that theater was still alive somewhere in the world um, and that we capture this, uh, you know, incredible effort by people all around the world who came to keep theater alive. Um, and it happened to be Korea and it happened to be Cats and Phantom. But Sammy, why don't you uh, explain what happened? Sure. So, um, you know, early on in, in the pandemic, um, I was uh, alone in my apartment, as many people were, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> uh, sort of contemplating, you know, what... <laughs> What, what was going to happen to all of us who uh, not only um, our lives revolved around the theater, but our, our, um, our ability to sustain ourselves revolves around the theater, right? Um, right. And, um, and I was uh, on FaceTime with my friend Kristen, um, who uh, is the musical supervisor of the world tour of the Phantom of the Opera and mm-hmm. also supervises a lot of uh, tours of Cats, among other um, Angela Lloyd Webber shows. 
And uh, you, I, I was, we were FaceTiming June of 2020 and she said, you know, uh, actually in a few weeks, I'm, I'm leaving uh, the U.S. to go uh, to South Korea to um, musical supervise a, a tour of cats in South Korea. Mm-hmm. And I was just dumbfounded because at the time nobody was going anywhere, let alone right. going to South Korea, let alone, <laughs> you know, making a musical. Um, and so uh, I basically said, uh, can I come? Um, and then uh, <laughs> also said, you know, is anyone documenting this? Because it feels like if there is somewhere in the world that is keeping theater alive successfully, the rest of us have a lot to learn from, from that place. Right. Um, and I had heard that, you know, uh, Phantom of the Opera had basically survived the pandemic in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a big New York Times story on it. And um, so sort of thought, oh, these two shows are by the same composer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, uh, I'm lucky enough to, to know him. I wrote and said, you know, hey, is anybody documenting uh, the success of these shows as well as, you know, what you uh, personally, Angela Weber, are doing to um, you know, champion the return of, of live theater. Uh, mm-hmm. And he said, you know, no, nobody's doing it yet, um, but please, please do it. And um, I approached my mom because I'd never um, made a documentary before, but she's made <laughs> six and won some nice awards for them. And <laughs> uh, and I said, you know, hey, um, do you want to be my partner on this? Because I can, you know, I know the shows, I know the people, um, right. but I don't know how to make a film. But if we partnered, you know, then um, maybe there's a way to do this. And, uh, that that's, you know, where everything sort of got started. How did you get like the footage and all of that? Was that, um, sourced from, uh, social media and things for the different actors? And when they were like, how did you all, how did you do that? Sammy, Sammy got on a plane and she went to Korea in July of 2020. And you remember we were still bunk you know, hunkered down right. in, in our homes, not even, you know, going outside. And she went off to Korea. So kind of as the mom, I was freaking out <laughs> as, as her partner. I was very, very thrilled that she was on her way to Korea. And um, I, I, there was a lot we were also capturing here. And, uh, okay. and there was a lot of producing responsibilities that, that uh, I, I inherited and, and took that on. But Sammy, uh, uh was off uh, on the ground in Korea and all the footage that you see mm-hmm. um, uh, she shot with um, uh, another uh, director of photography with the director of photography that I had been working with on a previous project uh, in Seoul, Korea. And, um, and, and Sammy <laughs> went through the whole experience of being in Korea during COVID. And you can talk about quarantine and the whole thing yeah. that you went through because what you see the actors going through in the film, Sammy went through that as well. Right. That was going to be my next question, the protocols. And like, were there differences in the protocols between what the theater was doing and what those productions were doing and then what you all were doing as a documentary team? Um, Not really. We really followed much of the same um, procedures that the companies followed. The Mm -hmm. only thing was we we would sometimes be with the Cats company or we would sometimes be with the Phantom company. Mm-hmm. And the, the shows are really quite bubbled. Um, and so when we would switch between companies, there was sort of a procedure where we had to make sure that we weren't, uh, if, if there were to be an outbreak in, in CAT, like in the right. CAT's company, that we wouldn't be bringing it over to Phantom um, right. because those two companies were, were, were kept separate. But, um, you know, the, the other thing, because we couldn't sort of be in every place at once, was that, you know, of course, our director of photography, who who my mom just mentioned, and I, mm-hmm. we shot the majority of footage that ended up in the film. 
but we also sort of deputized all the actors and all the company members mm -hmm. to take their own iPhone footage if they were willing, particularly when they were in quarantine, because we couldn't be in quarantine with them as much as we wanted to, you know, document that the whole point of quarantine is that of course. Um, and so uh, we, we sort of gave them instructions on, okay, you know, um, film these video diaries of yourself talking. If you're exercising in the room, film yourself exercising, um, film the view out your window, you know, we, and so we asked for all that. And we were so fortunate that so many of the company members um, were eager to, you know, participate in that way. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, it, it, the, the, the making the film was a team effort much like, you know, keeping the shows alive was it. Right. And they also were so kind to, you know, because obviously we were not with them uh, because they came from all over the world when they traveled to Korea to put on the show, right. the shows. Um, they were coming from South Africa and the Philippines and Australia and the mm -hmm. UK and the United States and other places. And so uh, they were all coming to Seoul at the same time. So they were kind enough uh, to also capture their in route, you know, um, which was great footage for us. I'm also curious. So like from the, the beginning, when you first spoke to her until the end, when the, the documentary was completed, how long was that period of time? Um, Probably nine months. Mm -hmm. um, and the, you know, it, the, the really crazy period was um, from when I, from the day I talked to Kristen and we had that idea, mm -hmm. th three weeks later, I was on a plane to Korea. Wow. And so the work that was done in those three weeks to um, get everything in place to make the film mm -hmm. was wild. And it was, we were just so grateful for, um, the cooperation and, and excitement and eagerness of um, all the necessary partners, um, you know, GWB Entertainment, S&Co, uh, Troika, like all these, these folks who have um, stake in the Phantom of the Opera and Cats, who mm -hmm. said, yes, we will give you access. You know, we're happy to have you with us, um, in addition to Andrew Weber and, and his company. But in addition to that, you know, it, it, it costs money to make a film. And right. um, we were very fortunate to have um, two executive producers um, who came on board and made it possible, um, Liz Armstrong and uh, WYSIWYG Studios, which is a Korean-based uh, media company. Um, and, uh, you know, both were just extraordinary and said, yes, this has to be done. And, and you know, we don't, we don't have time to sit and think about it. We just are going to say yes, right. you know. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. The, like, you know, who knew we didn't know how long it would last. Right. We kept thinking it'll just be a few months. Then it was like a few more months and a few, and then here, you know, then it's like October, 2021 when things are reopening here, even in, in, in the U S and I was so, um, I was actually talking to a friend today about the documentary and I was talking about specifically like Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, his interview where he's talking about like, why can't we do this here <laughs> or in the Western countries? And here we are two years later. And I still like, it's like, it feels like it's never ending with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I'm, I'm interested to know, like, because you were there on the ground, like, what are some of your your takeaways, what are the things that give you hope, but what are the things that you're like, why can't we get this together? 
over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the biggest finding to come out of Korea, you know, the entire pandemic was um, in the first year and a half from the onset of the pandemic, uh, there were zero incidents of audience to audience transmission. Right. So, um, you know, uh, there were multiple cases of people coming to the theater with COVID, obviously not mm-hmm. knowing that they had COVID, right. but retroactively, you know, the CDC, Korean CDC would discover that they had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not spreading it to anybody sitting around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that tells us is that the protocol worked. And um, then that protocol ended up sort of being the basis of what uh, the West End used because Andrew was sort of observing what, you know, his productions were doing uh, mm-hmm. in Korea using that protocol on the West End. And then we here in, you know, in New York and around the U.S. were watching the West End, watching Korea. We adopted that protocol. And, you know, obviously we're we're still struggling a lot right now. You know, every yeah. theater industry around the world is struggling, I think. But I think that we owe a lot to Korea you know, the, yeah. in, in, in the fact that we're on our feet at all is I think, um, in large part credit to, to the example that they set. And, right. um, it was amazing to sort of be there to, to witness that. Yeah. And I think, I think it was also the protocol backstage, which they instituted yeah. with, the, with all the testing, but you know, it's a, a different kind of culture because it's, it's a culture that is very focused on the we and, and wanting to keep, the, their fellow uh, citizens safe. And so if mask wearing is going to help do that, they're going to wear masks, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and this was way before vaccines, you know, so mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's obviously it hasn't been as easy here to get, you know, to during the whole pandemic to have people wear masks and protect each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I think one of the reasons they, they, uh, glided through more successfully is because it was a, a, a society that was much more um, careful about protecting everyone around them. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I remember one of the women on the, the creative team saying that the, the we culture and I, uh, my friends and I throughout the last couple of years have talked about that as well. You know, that just their culture is so much more collectively about the other and how do we protect each other? And how do we make sure that we are all okay? Um, and yeah, I, it's beautiful. I wish I wish we could do that here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're with you. Yeah. Um. I, so, Sammy, I, didn't you also do a live production at some point? Is that? Am I wrong? I, uh, I started directing, you know, workshops and things in, in the fall. Um, but I, I, uh, mostly was, was sort of became, uh, a filmmaker briefly and then went back to to theater. (laughs) Um, uh, but you know, now, now sort of do both, but, um, uh, after I was in Korea, I went to London for, for three months and I, um, we shot some footage there with, with okay. Weber and some other folks. And then, um, I came back to the States, but much like other, other theater directors, my, my productions were all sort of shelved. I'm curious what it was like for the two of you to work together 
on this for for this Sammy being your first documentary and this being your mom's sixth one. But I'm curious, like what what that learning curve was like, how it was, you know, the dynamics, like that's all because I I my mother's passed on, but um I just adored her. She was like my best friend. So I'm I'm just curious what that was like. <laughs> well, I had I, you know, I I don't think that had I partnered with just about anybody else on the planet that I would have been completely comfortable being rather type A, um, <laughs> that uh, the film was in the other person's hands for a good part of the, you know, for capturing the right. real core of the film. I mean, there was so much I could do around it, but, you know, Sammy was on the ground and I had com- really, and this has nothing to do with the fact that we happen to be related, <laughs> I had complete confidence that that she yeah. get it and figure it out, and and she also had such great relationships with the company and the uh, the uh, production company and and all the key people involved. I I I knew she'd do it beautifully. So yeah, um, uh, that it was a for me it was um, you know to have that kind of. Uh, partnership where I had such comfort and confidence in, in my partner was, uh, I think a, a very unusual thing. <laughs> she is. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 um, my experience was so much about just feeling very fortunate that I had a partner who, um, was so experienced and, um, knew the world in a way that I, I didn't, you know, I think in yeah. any other circumstance I would have had to go take classes or like, you know, a uh, 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 apprentice on a film first or something. And, and, um, particularly because she was mom, I, it was easy to just be like, I actually don't know how to do this thing. Can you show yeah. me what, what, what this thing is? And and I wasn't sort of embarrassed to ask because she knew that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and, and also the other part of it is that, you know, I grew up around her films, loving her films. And so we have a shared language, of, you know, particularly, you know, she made a film in, in 2003, 2004 uh, called Show Business, The Road to Broadway, which was really like the formative film of my childhood because I was around as it was being shot. And then I watched it like 72 times and, um, you know, and, and I loved it. Um, and, and this film is actually quite similar to that one in so many ways because it's about, you know, what's going on behind the curtain, the drum behind the curtain. Right. I think being able to sort of learn from the structure of that film and, um the, the process of making that film, of getting mm-hmm. uh, theatrical companies to trust you, to let you into their process because making theater is so sacred, you know, and you don't want to intrude on that. That was all something that I feel like I had the privilege of, of learning, um, you know, and, and I'm grateful for that. I just want to point mm-hmm. out, I think she yes. was like six, but that's, as, <laughs> but she was really, no, really I was no. 10. Okay. 10. <laughs> <laughs> Come you know, on. but she was soaking it up and and you know yes. yeah uh, yeah i mean but, there's sponges when they're that yeah. young they're little sponges Absolutely. yeah <laughs> but but i think uh you know it was also uh, a lot of responsibility and in the middle of a global pandemic yeah. um and you know we in the three weeks that we had to get sammy out the door you know it included figuring out a camera for her to use because we were limited to having two people that were allowed in the bubble. Um, And so, you know, I think it looks like we, (laughs) this is such a testament to Sammy and um, our DP, uh, Francois, 
Um, but it, it, we had, you know, two people and we didn't yeah. have a sound person. We, it was, it was very mom and pop um, because we weren't allowed to have a crew. You couldn't just come and go. You right. literally had to embed with a production. So, um, you know, Sammy in, in a very short period of time had to become a filmmaker on top of becoming mm. a, a documentary producer and director. So it was, it was a lot to do, a lot to learn, but then she had quarantine. So you had, <laughs> you had, you had a lot of time to <laughs> read the instructions on where the on button was and things exactly. like that, and figure yeah. out how to shoot. But, <laughs> but still it was, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I really, up, up, I'm grateful to our partners uh, across the board because mm -hmm. this was very high risk. You know, who knew yeah. what was going to happen with the world? You know, we, no one knew what was coming next as far as COVID is concerned. And we were all the way across the world doing this and in with very challenging situations for any documentary film, let alone right. you know, one where we had such a limited uh, crew. Uh, so yeah. uh, it was, it was, um, rather challenging and rather risky and uh, um, but also something we both felt very passionate about and it was yeah. a moment in time we felt had to be captured and uh, we only wish at this point it was completely a historical document and not anything that is still relevant but alas it's it's still very relevant yeah I I I feel like this documentary is a little a little miracle because of the fact that like it was made at you know such a heightened time where we didn't know what was going on and I'm so glad that the beginning of the pandemic was documented and how it was handled and so just to watch everything happening just gave me um so much hope and I remember hearing that it was happening you know um but now then to see the whole the whole thing and to see the whole piece and it's all put together and, and um, just to see those actors be so elated to be able to work and mm -hmm. how, um, how they, how honored they felt, but how they also felt like I get to like, none of my friends are working and I'm, I'm, I'm getting to be able to do that. Um, I'm, I'm curious. I'm always curious what gets left on the cutting room floor. Like what are the scenes or what are the stories that you wish you could have added to it that you weren't able to? Um, and then also my other question is like a moment that was never going to be on camera that just like was special to you. Um, so those are, I'd love stories about both of those if you all have them. Yeah. I mean, what what's coming to mind for me is we got to shoot all of cats um and the majority of phantom mm -hmm. and much of it from backstage we got to you know and and we got there's just so much access that we were given mm -hmm. um and i think we could make an entire second documentary on backstage at phantom and cats mm -hmm. which is very interesting to a lot of phantom and cats fans yeah. um you know period so the, the, i think that's the only thing that i'm just sort of like ah, i feel crazy that i'm like sitting on this footage that a lot yeah. of people would like to see you know how the cats put on their makeup how you know all, all these different things that 
I think are kind of like um, have in many cases been sort of kept under under wraps um, mm-hmm. about about both shows, and we were just so lucky to have access to them. So I think you know we we ended up waiting a lot more towards things related to the pandemic, but I mm-hmm. think we we do have a lot of that like really cool um, behind the scenes footage. Um, Speaking of the makeup, the the whole mask with the makeup on. Oh my goodness, we yeah. were like, "Whoa, <laughs> so brilliant!" So but then that poor woman was like, "But now they've asked me to make I don't know. It was like sixty. I mean, it was a lot." After I was like, "Oh, bless your heart. I'm sorry." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, very very creative creative solutions. Um, so um, yeah, but we had. Uh, it's a it's a 90 minute film and we have mm-hmm. 90 hours of footage. So wow. <laughs> I, I would add to that that you know obviously it was a, a precarious time to yeah to interact with people. Um and uh I'm fascinated by the fact that um pandemic or not, the Korean audience showed up for theater. Yes, you know, yes. they 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 were not gonna let this little pandemic stand in the way of, of art for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, Sammy uh, was obviously very limited. She had to be in the bubble and, and, and didn't have, um, you know, the freedom to really be interacting with uh, people outside the bubble. Um, right. And so, you know, I, I would love to really understand a little bit more about the passion of the, the Korean um uh audience and mm. why and theater is so important to them obviously and because they were really on the front line they were the ones who were willing to show up and say i believe that theater is safe and i'm going to you know yeah. enjoy my theater and i'm thrilled to be here and you know we i think you were able to capture just the joy that they you know how excited they were to be there but you know to really understand why theater is just so important. It was, it was, to me, it was so exciting to know that and to see that. Yeah. And we also, uh, now that I think of it, we have a lot of footage um, from other productions in Korea. Um, Oh, you know, we were, we were invited into the room on uh, ghost on kinky boots on um, a number of other shows. Um, And that, that access was so meaningful and so special. And we just Mm -hmm. sort of, decided for like an audience's focus and for you know being able to follow characters and connect with characters that it made the most sense to really you know stay focused on on phantom and cats and we do have a montage where we include right those shows and and Mm -hmm. rent and 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 a whole bunch of other shows um in in korea um but you know we it was really important to us that we not that the film not imply that Phantom and Cats are the only shows right. um, in, in Korea. Phantom was certainly the first that survived. Mm-hmm. But there were, you know, theater companies all around the country that were were kind of, you know, keeping the flame alive. And, and we we nod and, and celebrate them as well. I Now that you're talking about the montage, I do remember the very beginning when they're shining the kinky boots. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, yeah. We, I mean, I spent like two hours in the kinky boots rehearsal room in, 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 um, in Seoul as they were taking us through the process of how they, um, detox the set every night. 
um, like the rehearsal set every night and how they clean the props and how they, you know, um, so, you know, there are, there are so many stories we could be, we could make a 90 hour documentary, but, um, uh, nobody wants to watch that. So I would, I know I was just about to say, I mean, release like little snippets on YouTube. I would subscribe to that channel. Just saying. (laughs) Think about it. Think about it. Um, Okay, so now I'm curious uh, because Sammy, you're a director, and Dory, you're a theatrical producer. Now, since all of that, since the beginning of of the pandemic, and now, you know, we're moving through it sort of in ways. what like what's your prognosis or what have you learned throughout these last two years as you continue to do this work and um, continue to try to keep your cast safe, your creative team safe and things like that as leaders in this industry? I, I think I learned so much uh, mm-hmm. from from being in Korea. And actually, while I was there, I joined a task force that um the stage directors and choreographers society, my, my union was putting together, Mm -hmm. um, to talk about how we as directors and choreographers and five choreographers, uh, and independent directors return to, uh, rehearsal rooms in a way that is, um, empathetic to what everybody has, has gone through. And that's not just COVID that, I mean, that's, that's everything that happened in the last, you know, three years and all Mm -hmm. of the, you know, systemic issues that our industry needs to, you know, be fixing. Um, right. And and so what, is, what does it mean as leaders in rooms to come back mm-hmm. and facilitate um, rooms where everybody feels safe? Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of what I learned from that and, and from um, a colleague of mine named Claire Warden, who is an incredible um, intimacy and fight director, mm-hmm. um, you know, sh- she talked a lot about how we need to take time at the beginning of rehearsal processes to say, we've all been through a lot. A -hmm. lot looks different for all of us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, and we need to move perhaps slower than we did pre-pandemic. We need to move more empathetically. We need to move with an understanding for health and uh, wellness, which is not just physical, it's mental. So um, I I learned a lot and I'm glad I learned it at the stage in my career that I'm at, because I feel like now as I go into rooms that may be more stressful, more intense, I can Mm -hmm. sort of bring that um, reminder of empathy and reminder of process being just as important as, as product. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And what about you, Dory? Well, I had two shows on in the fall on Broadway mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we were surrounded by an amazing team of COVID um, officers, COVID. We had incredible support and uh, we got through it without incident. And um, and I think it really takes incredible teamwork. It takes a, a lot of uh uh, real uh, careful behavior uh, yeah. in the theater and outside the theater by the entire company um, because you really need to protect your, your theater family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of, of responsibility to, to put on an entire company, but I think everybody 
Um, in, in our experience, everybody was just so thrilled to be coming back to theater and to be yeah. able to, to put um, art on stage that, you know, whatever, whatever it took, you know, everybody was into it. And of course you can't fully protect yourself, but um, you know, go to the market and <laughs> anything can happen. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, I think that, that um, there's such a, a deep commitment from everyone to do everything they can to keep theater safe. And then I think what we have seen since Broadway has opened, which has almost, almost been a year that theater is an incredibly safe place to be because everyone is wearing masks. And, um, you know, I feel a lot safer going to the theater than I do going anywhere because yeah. I'm, you know, I, I think that there's never been a case of audience to audience transmission and, um, and we can all just relax and enjoy theater. So that's a joyous place for, for me. And I, I would imagine anybody who is listening to Theater Geeks Anonymous feels the same way. I, I do. I do as well. Like I feel a lot safer. I mean, full disclosure, like I haven't physically gone to my church in like a couple of years, but I've been to the theater because they require vaccination and masking. Here, here. You know, right. and it's like, I, I, I have not gone wood, been blessed to not catch it. Wow. <laughs> you know? And right. so I'm just like, wh wh I don't understand. You know, I, I, this is what I love about the theater is like, even though I feel like us as a country are struggling with the we, I feel like theaters, like I, I love theater because it's this microcosm of what we want the world to actually look like. Right. And so I, I see, you know, just like you were saying, Dory, with like inside of it, trying to change things um, systemically and also trying to take care of one another when it comes to this virus, right? And then like when I hear the stories of like people being flown from, they live in Colorado now and they're coming in to do like the, sh the show for what, I, it's just like wild, you know? But it does, it gives me, Theater gives me so much hope for like what the world can can look like. Yeah, because it's a collaboration in every yeah. way on stage, uh, behind the curtain, uh, in the audience. It's complete collaboration. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, my I think this might be my last question, I guess, is. Well, I might have two. OK. First, I want to know, I, I know it's on Apple TV right now, but I'm just curious, like, if there's anything else coming down the pike for the documentary and or, um, yeah, is there anything else coming down the pike for the documentary? And um, I also want to just know, like, what is giving you hope and excitement, you know, about theater even though we're still dealing with this virus, but like what's, what's bringing you light and joy about the theater right now? So those are my two last questions. <laughs> well, to answer the first one, it's um, on Apple TV and it's also now on Broadway On Demand as well. Um, okay. We're really grateful to them for um, uh, such a wonderful partnership. They also did our virtual premiere back in August. Um, and uh, so you can watch it either place, you can decide. Um, awesome. and, uh, to answer your second question for me personally, um, sometimes I feel like actually this is a bit of a tangent, but when, when, uh, my mom and I are doing things together, sometimes I feel the need to say, 
this is Sammy, uh, because our voices sound so similar. Um, so <laughs> this is Sammy. Um, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I um, what's giving me hope um, at this particular moment is um, next week I get to go into a rehearsal process where I'm really uh, staging a full show for the first time since the mm-hmm. pandemic. Like I've been in a lot of workshops, I've directed a lot of concerts, I've done, you know, things since we've been back, but this will be the yeah. first time that I'm stayed, like staging a full musical. Um, and that to me feel makes me feel like we're really back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, excited to be like in the room as a, as a director, because oftentimes when you're doing a reading or you're doing something else, you don't always feel like you're, you're fully directing. Um, but when you're, when you're staging, then you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and Dory, what about you? Well, I have, I have, uh, uh, I've had, I'm having such an amazing time collaborating with phenomenal artists on a number of new projects. So I, mm-hmm. that's giving me tremendous joy and a great hope for the future. But I think that what has given me the greatest joy and the greatest hope for um, our industry Mm. is um, the podcasters of the Broadway Podcast Network. (laughs) And Ebony, you've you've done amazing work throughout this, you know, the entire uh, pandemic. And you really worked so hard to keep theater alive, you know, just like our our, uh, film celebrates um, artists that have you know, really took risks, great risks to keep art alive during the pandemic. That's exactly what you were doing too. You know, mm-hmm. you were making sure that all the people around the world that love theater were able to keep theater front of mind. And uh, and that to me just was such an incredible service and such, um, it, it just made me listening to your podcast just to lose myself to theater stories and, and all of that made me so happy and, mm-hmm. um, and hopeful about the future. And so now, you know, to ha- you can have conversations about things that are happening yeah. and yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's even more exciting. But, uh, you know, I think that, that, um, it's, it's kind of the, the deeper dive into the, the making of the behind the curtain of our world that I just find so much joy in and I'm fascinated by. And so uh, for, for all the podcasters out there who are telling these stories and for the work that you both have been doing on uh, Theater Geeks Anonymous, I'm, I'm so grateful and, uh, and, and thank you for giving me that hope and joy. Thank you so much for saying that. That's really, that's really kind. And I, I mean, Oh man, I just, we love the theater. That's why, that's why we do this. That's why we gave ourselves the name we did because we were those little kids, right? Who nobody, where we grew up understood who were going to, in this case, borders at like Saturday mornings, getting all the cast recordings. You know what I mean? Like that's, and so it's like when everything shut down, it was like, well, we're going to still talk about it. And also it was really important for us to say like, it's, it's important. The only reason we all got through this pandemic was because of the arts. Right. You know, and I had, I had some friends who would be like, you know, they didn't feel important because so much of the world had stopped remembering the importance. And I said, no, you're essential because this is what's keeping us somewhat. Okay. Is to 
be able to watch digital theater is to be able to listen to music or to listen to a podcast or all these different things. This is how we all got through, you know? So, uh, you know, I'm just geeks. I'm going to leave you all with that. Sammy and Dory, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. Everyone. Thank you. Please go watch the show must go on. It's on Apple TV. It's on Broadway HD. It no, will no. just like Broadway.com. Broadway on demand. Broadway on Sorry. demand. Sorry. So we have like several Broadway. Okay. There's a lot of streamers for Broadway. <laughs> it's a Broadway, Broadway on demand. Okay. And Apple TV. Um, it's wonderful. It will warm your heart. It will um, encourage you. And it's just a wonderful piece of filmmaking. So thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us, or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGABWAY at gmail.com. Until, Until next time, time geeks. geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.